Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. And welcome to episode number 110 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I think my mic's actually a little bit hot tonight. Yeah, that's better. Anyway, this is Russ K5TUX welcoming you all to this great American podcast we call Linux in the Ham Shack. And now it's by, uh, what do you call it? Bicultural, bicameral, by country, I don't know, something like that. But uh, now we're full of Canadianism too. So, uh, how's things going with you, Pete? Oh, and by the way, it's V2XPL. I won't make that mistake again this week. Yeah, that's all right. Good <laughs> evening, everyone. Uh, happy to be back. Uh, yes, we are an international podcast. Yeah, I like to say international because potentially there could be more than just two countries and it makes us sound cooler. Yes, we are now multicultural, multilingual, and something that I can't think of right off the top of my head. But always have been cool. And this week, the show is really going to feature Pete. This this is going to be your moment to shine because m my head <laughs> is is really in a different place tonight. I'm not even sure if I could tell you where where it was. And uh, since you, uh, as usual, have done a lot of work and putting down some notes and stuff about things to talk to, I'm sure I can chime in here and there. But most of the stuff, I'm not even sure what it is. Oh, yeah, you do. I'm sure you'll figure it out. It's not that complicated. If I can figure it out, you can. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, not a problem. I didn't work that hard. I just uh, did a little bit of reading this week. That's all. And as you can tell, my, my brain is really gone tonight. This is, this is going to be sort of a Wild West episode where we're going to let the cows out, try and round them up with uh, a skateboard because th things are going to be bad, but we'll do the best we can, or at least I will. Pete will be uh, the model of the podcaster. So. The model, the model podcast. The model, yes. The, <laughs> the, the very model of a modern major general podcaster. Whatever. Which we'll we learned that. was from Pirates of Penzance. Anyway, we should probably get into it. So what's this thing about Izzy? Izzy's my daughter. Izzy graduated <laughs> this uh, week. <laughs> Izzy graduated grade six, and I'm very proud of Isabel. Isabel does not listen to the podcast, but I figured I'd mention it on here in the off chance that I, uh, have an, uh, that I meet an untimely death, and she gathers all of the audio recordings to fondly remember my voice, and then she'll hear, oh, he mentioned me. So there you go. Happy graduation, Is That's my 30 seconds of, uh, of uh, family uh, recognition there. Did you happen to say where she graduated from? Not not the place, but the level. Uh, I must have missed that. Grade six. Grade, grade six. six. Graduation. So, so graduating from uh, elementary school, going into middle school. So now 
when I graduated uh, many, many moons ago, there were no graduations for grade six. They just kicked us out of school, happy to see us go, and off we'd go to be the new fish in the uh, pond that is high school. But now they send them off with a cute little graduation ceremony, uh, pictures, uh, uh, grad dance, uh, chaperone, and the whole bit. It's very cute. The kids like it. So, um, it's, you know, it doesn't have all the fanfare that a uh, high school graduation does, nor should it, because you don't want to take away from that event. But uh, I think it's kind of neat that they recognize the kids. They've worked hard. You know, they're, they're the big kids leaving school. So it's sort of fitting, I guess. Well, hopefully they learn something along the way. Yeah, we'll find out. Did they do that uh, where you're from? Do you know that the, uh, the, the high school uh, or the grade school kids, do they have a graduation for grade school kids? Yeah. Uh, I, I understand they do now. Around. Back in my day, they you know didn't have that kind of thing, but I, I do believe they do that for uh, middle schoolers these days. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just a Canadian thing or if it, uh, if it was truly international. No, I think it's uh, all children must be led to feel that they are successful at all stages these days. All, all children are special, which makes them all normal. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, if they're all special, they're all the same, which makes them normal. Which makes them not special at all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and like I said, luckily, my daughter doesn't listen to this. Well, she might someday. Yeah, one day. Well, I can only hope. I'm working on them. I can't. Uh, my my younger daughter is interested in the whole radio thing and you know, playing with wires and pushing knobs and buttons. Uh, the oldest one, uh, very much a little girl. The younger one's more the tomboy uh, kind of gonna be the uh, base jumper. Uh, you know, intense athlete, extreme sports. Whereas the other one is kind of more introverted, intellectual, likes to read a lot. So two uh, opposite ends of the uh, spectrum. Very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. And it looks like you may have had a more interesting field day than I did because you apparently did something where I did nothing at all. Well, we did, and that's okay. And you could tell us about your relaxing weekend. See, field day is about uh, doing what you want. Um, yeah, we had uh, our club had a field day. Um, I was one of three organizers uh, for our club's field day, as I have been for the past couple of years. Uh, traditional field days uh, held outdoors. Uh, we were running a uh, one alpha uh, station. Our club's a call sign, by the way, Victor Echo 2, Charlie Lima Mike, in case you heard us, V2CLM. And we were one alpha Quebec was our exchange, uh, being in the province of Quebec, Canada, of course. Uh, so uh, that was a very, very big uh, to-do this year. It was actually our biggest field day yet. We set up in a field next to the St. Lawrence uh, Seaway, which is a big body of water. Nice, huge park. Uh, lots of open spaces. Uh, it's got a bike path running through it. Lots of soccer fields. So there's lots of uh, public uh, around to see what we're doing. Uh, we actually had 37 people come this year, which is unheard of. Uh, last year, we had 25. The year before, we had uh, just over a dozen. So growing in leaps and bounds. Uh, 14 people were actual participants, uh, not just visitors. We, we had visitors who were uh, club members, non-club members. We had uh, people from the general public. Uh, we, uh, let's see, did 396 QSOs for about 792 points, and we uh, are claiming 770 bonus points for various things like uh, emergency power, uh, setting up a public uh, booth for information, inviting local dignitaries, and things like that. Uh, and one of my personal highlights was actually uh, meeting uh, Harrison, who's in the chat room, uh, V2HKW, who's our uh, official uh, show notes uh, doer. And uh, we got to meet uh, in person for the very first time. We've chatted a lot in the radio and Skype and other media. 
but had never met. And uh, Harrison, uh, I actually thought you were a whole lot taller than you are. Not that he's a little guy, but I, I kind of figured he was like, you know, six foot six or something. When, when we, on Skype, he looks just huge. I guess that's the effect of the camera. But uh, it's about my size, uh, five seven, five eight, five nine, I guess. Uh, and uh, a great guy. He operated our station for about an hour, a little bit more, uh, because he's a youth operator. That gave us uh, 20 bonus points. Uh, but we're happy to have Harrison uh, take part in our field day. He uh, lives down the road about uh, 100 kilometers or 60 miles down the highway from where I am. So he was in town. Uh, uh, oh, there you go. He confirms that he's 5'9", uh, Harrison. Sorry, I didn't mean to insult you. <laughs> uh, but uh, he um, he uh, is taking his uh, driving, uh, his driving ed, driver's ed, driving lessons, uh, driving course uh, in Brossard, which is the town where our club uh, is uh, living, I guess, and where we had our field day. So Harrison was nice enough to swing by. I met Harrison. I met his mom. Uh, we fed them. We let them operate our uh, equipment. Uh, we taught uh, Mrs. Uh, Harrison's mom about uh, uh, ham radio and what we do. So she seemed very, very interested. Uh, so that was very cool. And uh, I know that Harrison also uh, went off the following day and did his own field day. Or not his own, but his club in Hemingford was uh, having a field day. So Harrison took part in two field days this weekend. So, uh, yeah, we had, uh, you know, barbecue, uh, free barbecue for uh, anybody who showed up. Nothing elaborate, hot dogs, uh, chips, pop, uh, uh, things of that nature. So, uh, very appreciated by uh, everybody who visited and uh, a great success for us. So, uh, we're more than happy, uh, more than happy to have uh, that kind of growth uh, year after year. So, uh, that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell. Questions, comments? No, everybody had a wonderful field day, it sounded like. Did you happen to uh, contact my old club, uh, Kilo One Fox Sierra? I did not, but I had the uh, I, I had it in my notes just in case I heard them. Most of my operation, um, I operate in the middle of the night because I'm one of the main operators, organizers. I kind of like to uh, kind of sit back and let the people who come in, the visitors and stuff, uh, do their thing and operate. We have a couple of uh, hotshot CW operators too, so let them do their thing. And in the middle of the night, it's just me and one of the other organizers and my dogs. I always go get my dogs at nighttime. It's a little bit added protection. Not that it's a, it's not a shady park by any means, but, uh, it's kind of kind of good to let them run around and chase squirrels and stuff like that. It gives them some exercise. And uh, so because there's only two of us uh, and the other guy doesn't really like to operate too much, I kind of had the whole station to myself from about midnight till 6 a.m., which is great. So I uh, sleep a little bit, uh, you know, before that. I brought my RV down, so uh, I had the RV on site, which was um, uh, set up. If you guys go to our website, uh, if you go to uh, www.victorecu2charlielimamike.charliealpha, v2clm.ca, you'll see uh, some of the photos have been posted under, if you look on the left-hand side, it says Album Photo, which is French for photo album. And uh, you can see some of the pictures there. So I have my RV set up. We have a tent. And then we have our uh, communications trailer, which has our station in it. So my RV was, uh, we called it the Putin stand. Uh, but it was where we'd set up the awning and, and set up the barbecue. So, uh, you know, we have a little kitchen in there. So it's easy to uh, fridge and stuff, store the hot dogs, keep everything nice and safe. Because don't want to contaminate uh, food and make our members sick. That would be a bad thing. So, uh, yeah, so I get to sleep, uh, you know, kind of while people are operating and then I get up and operate when no one's operating and I have the whole uh, thing to myself. So yeah, a lot of fun. Have you uh, seen that thing that's circulating on Facebook that shows the Canadian flag and it says make Putin not war? <laughs> yes, I have. 
<laughs> yeah, that's I think great. it was your uh, better half actually who uh, who sent me that. <laughs> yeah, probably it was sent to us by uh, some of our friends, and uh, they happen to be lovers of the uh, uh, greasy gravy cheesy uh, French fries, uh, which I am as well. So I uh, thought you might get a kick out of that. Yeah, you have to come up here and get one, unless you can get the squeaky cheese, the the, the actual um, curd cheese that they, uh, you know, it's it's traditional in in Quebec. Uh, it it actually squeaks if you have it fresh. It actually squeaks when you chew on it. Um, there's actually the a though. there's a cheese store here not far away in a town called Osceola, where you can get that sort of thing. Uh, cheese curds are not hard to come by in this area, and we okay. we like them a lot. Yeah, good. Yeah, poutine's good. I mean, it's it's like Russ said, it's it's French fries, curd cheese, and 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 sauce. It's basically grease on top of grease with grease on top. It's just you know, it's a heart attack fest. It's and that's why it's so good. I mean, you get you know, it's 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 amazing. It sounds disgusting. The first time I heard about it, I, I also thought it sounded disgusting. For those of you who may not be familiar, although it's it's kind of spreading around the world now. You see them all over the place, but uh, no, it's it's really really yummy indeed. But I know no poutine for us, so we kept it clean. Uh, you know, barbecued foods. Oh, barbecued leak. foods. Okay, yeah, that that's obviously the healthy way to go. <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's just less greasy. All right, less leaky, I guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, as for my field day, um, I didn't do a thing. So moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. You relaxed. Did you think of uh, radio at least? Uh, I'm not sure that I did. I, I think I completely blotted it from my mind. Not necessarily intentionally. I, I think it just went that way. Oh, and that's okay too. So well, there you uh, go. Harrison's just sent a, in the show notes. He's sent a link to a, himself operating our club station with uh, one of our uh, crack CW guys. His name is Bob VA2RS, and he's one of our. Uh, he's a he's a diehard contester. This guy. So Harrison couldn't have been in better hands to uh, get his his uh, tutelage. Hold on. I've I've caused dead air now. Oh no! You can only see him from the back. So, but anyhow, that's that's the front of our communications trailer. For those of you, uh, for those of you in the chat room, for those of you listening via podcast, uh, you can check our show notes, which Harrison will get on top of right away. Now that I've said this, and you'll be able to see the pictures or triple uh, dub dot ve two clm dot ca. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I like field day. Field day is my. I'm not a contester by any means. I'm I'm kind of a when it comes to contesting, I'm more of a sniper. If I hear a contest, I'll come in and I'll hit up a few guys that are far away to see if I can actually get out if if my signal radiates that far. But I'm I can't say that I'm a diehard contester. I'm not even a not diehard contester. But field day is is I guess because it's got that kind of emergency communications kind of vibe to it, and and it operates over the 24 hours. It's kind of fun. Uh, plus, we you know make a weekend out of it, so it's almost like a whole camping thing. The only thing missing for us is the beer, because we're a club and and we promote to the general public. We uh, we don't have beer uh, at on site. Yeah, we never did as well, and I I never really missed it. And I don't really consider field day a contest. It is a contest, but it's more about the emergency communication and the sort of togetherness of the community than it is any kind of uh, generalized contest, which I'm not a fan of at all. No, it's it's a little bit more laid back. I mean, some people are still, you know, five nine next, five nine next. Uh, but you know, usually people, if you stop and ask them, ah, so what's your setup? There's people running. What's the the most we ran into was something like a thirty six alpha, like something ridiculous like that. It's like or twenty four, twenty four stations. I couldn't even fathom 
you know, I mean, there must have been a bunch of engineers working at that field day because you have to be within a given area. You can't spread your 25 stations across, you know, a county. You have to be within a few hundred yards. All of your antennas and transmitters have to be on one site. So to set up 24 stations and have them, even only having a quarter of them running at the same time, you know, you have to position your antennas and, and have filtration that's way beyond what I could come up with. That was quite impressive. So it's always interesting to see what other people are doing, what other clubs are doing. Yeah, it is. And it would have been nice to probably get out and do some field day stuff, but uh, basically just completely blew by me. And it happens. There'll be one next year. You're all good. That's right. There will be one next year. So speaking of things that come around annually, um, it was just Canada Day yesterday. It was. And uh, that's the equivalent of uh, your or our Independence Day, yes? I mean, it's sort of the same thing. It is. Confederation. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Except that it's not in the same country. Or on the same day. Or, <laughs> or it's in the same week, at least. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of neat because they follow each other, so it's, it's kind of two long weekends. We, we've kind of adopted the 4th of July unofficially, although it's not a holiday here. A lot of people seem to, you know, if you're doing business with the U.S. or whatever, there's a lot of businesses seem to be closed or, or slowed down anyways. A lot of people take that weekend off. And uh, I know a lot of people who actually go visit uh, you guys, you know, take this opportunity to go across and, and eat eat some hot dogs and, and see some fireworks. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we just had our uh, 1st of July. Uh, RAC was holding its uh, Canada Day contest, uh, which I... Uh, uh, a note from Harrison. Yes, I was going to mention it anyways, Harrison, uh, which I took part in a little bit because um, in, in between our uh, celebrations, kind of had nothing to do. So I hopped on the radio. But uh, we uh, basically have, uh, you know, stuff happening around town. Same thing, same general concept, bouncy castles, hot dogs and concerts at night and fireworks. So uh, happy uh, Canada Day uh, to all of my Canadian friends and uh, happy 4th of July uh, upcoming for uh, all of my American friends. Well, it, it will be post-dated by the time anyone actually hears it. So, yeah, happy uh, previous 4th of July 2013 yes. to everybody here in uh, we haven't decided if we have plans yet, but we'll, we'll figure something out between now and then, I'm quite sure. That's a long weekend for you guys, so I'm sure, you know, if nothing else, you could just kind of sit back and relax. It's kind of a really long, long weekend for me because I'm actually leaving from here today, and I won't be back until Monday. So that's uh, that's the kind of weekend I can handle. That's good. Anything above three days, I find, seems like a week, especially if you have, you know, a few activities planned in there. You know, the weekend is just a weekend, but you add that extra day, it makes all the difference in the world. Yep, and I plan to make the most of it one way or another. And I can probably do that by reading um, this guy, Pete, who is now a published author, apparently. He is. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Hooray. Yeah, I actually wrote a, uh article uh, months ago. I uh, well, We took a trip uh, last year to Alberta, and I decked out my RV because I figured, well, this was the perfect opportunity. I'm going across the country, so I'm bringing... Everything I can that's ham radio related. We uh, left on a 31-day journey to um, Alberta is where we used to live, of course, uh, but 
uh, what, 2,500 miles from here. So it's a little bit of a journey. So I wrote an article about how I set up the RV. Uh, you know, it was an amateur radio article and not a travel log. And it's posted in uh, July's uh, TCA, which is uh, the Canadian Amateur. It's the official publication of RAC, Radio Amateurs of Canada, which is the uh, sister organization to the ARRL. Uh, so I'm uh, very excited that they uh, accepted my article. Uh, it's published in there. If you guys want to go see, you can go to the RAC website, rac.ca, and uh, under file slash TCA slash TCA July 2013, and you'll see it there. But it describes um, both my HF and, and uh, VHF, UHF setups and uh, how it all worked. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited that they decided to publish me. So I'm not going to be rich or famous, but uh, it's kind of neat. It's always nice to have a little bit of uh, an accolade under your belt, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading it, actually. Um, probably we'll check it out over the next couple of days. Yeah, very cool. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Um, the um, TCA in July, the theme is uh, operating outside the shack. So uh, the picture on the uh, cover is actually a picture of Chris Hatfield in the space shuttle, or in the space station, sorry. And, uh, and they have a guy who operates uh, bicycle mobile, uh, I haven't read the art, the, all of the articles yet, but it's uh, it's all uh, dedicated to operating outside the shack. Uh, you know, with summer coming, it's very apropos, I guess. So, yeah, it's very cool, very excited. I'm looking forward to rereading my article, but in the magazine instead of just reading it, you know, on, on my uh, on my computer, uh, the the original Word document. <laughs> Sounds good. You can uh, proofread it after it's already been proofread. Yeah, several times. Believe me, I. I don't think I've ever worked, I uh, can't say I worked hard, you know, writing comes relatively easy to me, but writing well does not, so I actually had to do a little bit of research and, and reread and, you know, actually used a, th a thesaurus, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it was fun, it was a neat experience, it probably took me about four months to write it and rewrite it and rewrite it again, so it's a good experience. <laughs> well, it's good, at least you put some time into it, so we know it'll be worth the read. Yeah, well, you know, I, I figure if they published it, it's, it's worth somebody's read. <laughs> okay well let's see what's next oh now we get into like some actual content so uh last was it last episode i guess uh we were talking about manjaro or it came up in conversation and you said well i'm gonna go out and try that because i said it's really easy and you said well if a noob can do it then i'm gonna give it a try so and apparently you yeah apparently you did so uh what what did you think of it I only tried it really quick, though. I must admit, I've, I haven't had a lot of time the last few weeks with uh, everything happening uh, in terms of a year end and, and et cetera. Not that I'm making excuses, but I'm holding the CD in my hands. You can hear the uh, paper, uh, the paper uh, jacket waving. Uh, but I don't, downloaded the uh, ISO version. I haven't installed it yet. I haven't tried, but I downloaded, uh, we're talking about Manjaro uh, Mate. Uh, version 0.8.6, which we uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I tried the, lights, the live CD, sorry. I tried it on my uh, IBM T43, which is an older machine, uh, 1.86 gig uh, processor, and it's got about 500 megs of RAM. Uh, and it actually uh, was a lot swifter 
just a live CD was, you know, which usually aren't that speedy or can be, but not necessarily. The uh, live C- CD actually made my T43 speedier than the uh, onboard OS, which was kind of interesting. So I'm looking forward to installing it. So I, I only played with it for about a you know, couple hours, uh, surfed around, checked it out. I don't find it that different to a whole lot of other distributions that I, you know, I hear a lot of people say, I, you know, try this one, try that one try the other one this one's cool that one's cool i kind of find them all the same i mean linux mint you know manjaro ham os they they all have the generally the same feel and even when it comes to the different desktops there's, there's not a whole lot of difference so um just because it made my 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 laptop speedier i'm going to put it on and see what it does uh but i haven't played with it extensively but so far um, you know two thumbs up I think it was uh, definitely very easy to download easy to find and uh, very very intuitive once it's on there so I, I do recommend it even at this early stage in my experimentation so did you notice anything unusual about it the fact that the package manager is not something you might have been used to did that seem to trip you up at all or was it just easy to use regardless no, I because I've played with a whole bunch of different distributions, uh, I didn't find anything that I couldn't handle, but like I said, you know, 2 hours of 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 mucking around, some of it was just looking at what the graphic capabilities were and and seeing what drivers were were kind of loaded natively and stuff. Um it, it was all, you know, first shot, like seriously, super easy. But I I'll know more as I like I said, when I want to install it and use it for a good week solid, I, I can't give a a fair uh, and, and detailed analysis just with the live CD. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And the interface was uh, see, I thought the interface was really clean, which was one of the things I liked about it. I don't know how it works as far as you know the installation of codecs and stuff like that, where. Mint tends to make that really easy because they include like flash and audio codecs and video codecs and stuff like that. But of course you didn't really get into it far enough. I assume to watch DVDs. No, I did not. Okay. Well, maybe a more in-depth look later on. And yeah, this is going to be an ongoing theme. (laughs) (laughs) I I just wanted to mention it since I was, I was very excited about uh, having downloaded it and try it my first foray into Manjaro. So, uh, but like I said, I, I don't see you. You know a lot more. You've you've been playing with it a long time. You know a lot more of the intricacies between the different flavors. You know you probably see a lot of things that I don't. That's why I say, as as a somewhat noob, I find that a lot of these, especially the Debian based versions, which I played with mostly, they they kind of almost all look the same. You know, they're not all that different from from one to the other. So. You know, I, I guess over the years too, because of my career, I've played with so many different OSs that maybe it, it just kind of comes easy. I'm, I'm not sure. It's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. More, more points to ponder, which we will do so in an upcoming episode. Yes, a more philosophical episode. <laughs> uh, one where I'm actually focused. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing fine. Uh, I don't know about that, but anyway, I'm going to move the stuff that you had next uh, to after the break. Uh, cause I think we've rambled amazingly enough and, uh, we'll talk about some other stuff. Uh, the next topic, uh, the GIMP is, uh, one that, uh, I was actually using today and really enjoying. So, um, we'll have more uh. to say on that. And for those people who are waiting for the beagle bone drawing that will happen, uh, after, well, sort of in the third segment towards the end of the show. So stick with us, it'll be there. Or if you don't want to stick with us, 
there's always the fast forward button unless you're li- listening live in which case you're stuck you got to listen so i could talk faster <laughs> well we could but that might be bad <laughs> <laughs> probably okay well we've got some music we're gonna throw that on and uh we'll relax for three minutes or so and then we'll come back and talk some more about some uh some interesting topics uh, related to technology um more linux centric than ham radio centric now but we sort of wasted the whole first segment on field day so there you go we didn't waste it okay. there's ham radio people who listen <laughs> uh probably more than not so <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they're all good natured that's right but uh, i actually uh took all of the the back music that you had suggested and put it into this episode or i'm actually i'm not sure it's all the tunes but you get at least two of them yeah not all of them but uh, i've been harassing you with a lot of music but yes indeed i noticed that so uh let's do this up this first one is one you suggested a little while back it's a song called rex mundi which uh for those who may not know translates to king of the world very good and uh it's by a a band called studebaker's blacksmith shop which i didn't bother to actually look up anything about them you put in here that they're from germany uh and that the song was released back in june of 2010 uh, mm-hmm. but that's all I know about them. Of course, you can uh, find them on Gemendo. Just look up Studebaker's Blacksmith Shop. The album is Nebula. And we're going to go ahead and listen to Rex Mundi, and then we'll talk about The Gimp. Actually, see, I'm, I'm all discombobulated here. <laughs> you can cut that out. It's all right. Yeah, here we go. <laughs>
trying to see how long they could make that fade out last. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> yeah, I like that tune. It's a nice boppy tune. Yeah, it definitely kind of gets the feet tapping and the blood racing and all that kind of thing. The nice, uh, nice going down the road song. Yeah, yeah, it's dangerous. Makes you want to go faster. <laughs> yes, go faster music. <laughs> no. uh, some of my favorites. So let's talk about the GIMP. And I was actually just using the GIMP today. It's it's kind of a a thing that really fits my workflow whenever I have to do any kind of graphic or photo manipulation. I am totally a fan of the GIMP. I know a lot of people will say that you need something that maybe is a little less powerful for, you know, your everyday photo editing. If you just want to do like red eye reduction or crop a photo to a certain size or, you know, stuff like that. But as time has gone on and as GIMP has sort of advanced as a graphical manipulation tool, it has really, really gotten better. It's a software package that really fits my brain well. I've used some of the other editors. I've even used some of the high, high dollar editors that one like that we probably shouldn't mention, but it's Photoshop. <laughs> but honestly, I think the GIMP is just easier to use. I think the tool has become very layman friendly. Uh, once, once you sort of get how they they do things if you're coming from photoshop it's going to seem really hard if you're not tainted by that it's going to seem really easy i think it's a fantastic tool and when when they integrated the uh, single pane design so that it wasn't all broken out into toolboxes and stuff like that that made it the 100 percent package for me so uh if you if you need to do graphic or photo manipulation you should definitely check out the gimp uh, i think it's like the gold standard when it comes to open source based tools of this type it's worth a try if you haven't tried it. So uh, what's your take? Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I I agree with you that they uh, got a whole lot many more bonus points when they went to, uh, you know, from 1,000 windows uh, and, and dumbed that down. Although it was, you know, once you got used to it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, because when I work with graphical uh, uh, software, I tend to spread out uh, as well quite a bit. So, um, but uh, that being said, yes, are you? Um, were you using uh, the latest release, the one we're talking about, the uh, two point eight point six, which is uh, uh, was released a few days ago? Uh, you know, if you give me a second while you're talking, I can probably tell you exactly what version I was using because I don't know that off the top of my head. But I know it's one where it has the single window view, and I believe that came out in. I want to. I want to, I thought it was two eight six. I thought they were later than that, but maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe maybe I built it before it was actually released, and that's why I have it. And that's possible too. Yeah, it was just released a couple of days ago. The two eight six was released a couple of days ago. I couldn't tell you when they went to a unique window from several windows, though. I haven't been following it that closely. I just came across it scanning, uh, you know, the various articles of Linux news, so that I could. You know, not just talk about ham radio, but talk about some Linuxy stuff. And I uh, came across that uh, today. It was released. Let's see. Yeah, just says so a couple of days ago, but I don't have the exact date. I think it was, was actually today's Linux today. I, I think I'm a I'm a minor revision behind because I think it was. I was thinking it was two eight six, but I think it was actually two seven six, where they developed the integrated uh, panel display, but. Kudos to the developers for putting in that feature, but leaving the old feature for those people who liked it the other way. You can actually concatenate all your windows, or you can explode them back out into individual toolbars, you know, if you want to. 
they they gave it to you both ways. Yeah, um, and that's that's great. I was using two eight two. Okay, so you're not that far. Nope. Because uh, what they've done since then is probably just more in the uh, you know fixing bugs realm. But um, now I'd have to agree. I, I love the GIMP. I think the GIMP, um, like you said, is the equivalent to uh, what would be Photoshop. Photoshop being uh, the, if you buy the uh, Creative Suite, which is um, uh, the whole package, uh, is is over a, a grand here, over a thousand bucks. Um, so so nothing to be sneezed at. And and the GIMP is is equally or more powerful. Um, I I use this uh, professionally. I, I actually use Photoshop professionally, uh, and uh, have absolutely no problems with it. I've been working with it for 20 years. I I, I love it, despite the fact that it's uh, you know from the evil corporation, uh, Adobe. But uh, that being said, it's still it's still a really good software. It, it does what you need. Um, to answer your comment before, if you're just using it to do red eye reduction, honestly. Get out of photography. There's no reason that you should have red eyes in a in a in a photo. As far as I'm concerned, oh, no, don't chase off all the photographers in the audience. I, no, I, I want to chase off all the badger photographers. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the basics. Uh, no, I, I I kid, of course, I kid. There's a lot of point and shooters out there. Uh, who do need to, uh, you know, do some red eye reduction, and that's okay. But the GIMP is probably beyond uh, what you need. Um, however, uh, you know, uh, if you wish to explore, uh, more power to you. I, I, I didn't find, I, I did come from Photoshop uh, before I discovered the GIMP, and I discovered the GIMP uh, way back when it was. Uh, I can't remember which version, really, for the life of me, but it had all the exploded windows, and I didn't find it to be that complicated to use. It's, it's different than Photoshop. You know, all the things aren't exactly in the same place and the nomenclature isn't the same. But I guess because I've been working with this kind of software for so long, it didn't really take that long for me to figure out what did what kind of thing. But I did, you know, have, you know, about 10 years of, of uh, Photoshop behind me. So I'm sure that helped. Uh, but, you know, you, you can't sneeze at the price. It's a, it's a really powerful tool. And I recommend uh, you guys uh, go check it out, download it, and uh, just, just install it and play with it. Even if you can't figure it out at first, uh, you'll figure it out eventually. Anybody who likes to do photography, whether it be point and shoot or or, uh, uh, you know, more serious photography because it's okay to do red eye reduction and, you know, you can resize this. But a lot of the uh, free image manipulation softwares are, are quite basic and, and you can't really go past cropping and, and red eye reduction if you want to do anything else. Um, you know, sometimes you have to use a couple of, of different softwares. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool thing. Uh, as, a, as like a pro tip on the GIMP, what I would definitely say is, if you're interested in like the tool that has the most power inside the tool, what I would do is I would start fire up the GIMP and I would go to Google and I would explore the path tool. I don't think there's any more powerful tool in the GIMP toolkit than the path tool. I don't think there's anything you can't do with it. And it's, it's a pretty intuitive tool as well. I mean, but the the things you can do with it are almost limitless and if you if you go out and you know say well i've got this picture and i want to do this to it like i want to uh change the background gradient or i want to remove something that i don't want it to be in there or i want to create text in a circle or you know i it's just like whatever you can think of that you might imagine you want to do in graphic manipulation you can do with the path tool and it's it's truly amazing. I, I have a 
I was signing up for a meetup today and I wanted to put a picture of my motorcycle on there. And I had a picture of my motorcycle, but it was taken in my garage and it was like surrounded by tables and chairs and a bag of cat food and stuff like this. None of which is conducive to a, a good, uh, you know, studly picture of your motorcycle. So I used the path tool to actually like trace my motorcycle, remove the background and put it on a starburst gradient. So it actually looked really cool. All done with the GIMP in about three minutes. Amazingly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, just trying to figure out what some of the changes are, but yeah, it's kind of, I don't know who wrote this. I don't think they could speak English, but um, <laughs> it says in general, general uh, so, so what's different between the, late, the last version and this version under the general section? Lots of bug fixes, lots of translation updates. Like, yeah, that's pretty specific. What bugs? How did you fix it? I could say that. I, I fixed all the bugs. It's like, no. Uh, they added the uh, Hungarian uh, translation installer for all of our Hungarian uh, listeners. Uh, so now, now you you know, <laughs> Hungary can take part in the GIMP as well. Um, you we know, are definitely multinational, and, you know, because we talked about uh, Czechoslovakian uh, logging programs, and we learned yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> We learned a little bit of Czech and now we're learning Hungarian and oh, Jay Lindsay in the chat room has said that without crappy photographers, we wouldn't have features like red eye reduction. So we should thank them. Yes, indeed. <laughs> thank you, That's Jay good. Lindsay. All people who do things wrong. So the software can make it right. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was what they had planned in the beginning, but if, <laughs> no, if it works not. more power to everyone. Right? No exactly. problem with that. Uh, so anyway, the GIMP, go get it, try it. You'll like it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's really cool. And then here's a blast from the past to for a total non sequitur of a segue. Um, I remember going over to my godparents' house uh, using their old IBM PC and firing up the CGA graphics of Leisure Suit Larry back in the mid '80s. Yeah, just about, eh? Yeah, and I, uh, I, I saw this story too, and it blew me away. Apparently, just like Duke Nukem Forever finally came out and was a total flop, uh, Leisure Suit Larry is coming back. So I think Leisure Suit Larry has um, a bit of an advantage over Duke Nukem, though, because Duke Nukem, if you remember, when he came out, uh, the, the new version, you know, they were trying to compete with all the other, you know, crazy war games out there, first-person shooter, blah, 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 and I think he was just too late. Leisure Suit Larry, however because of the nature of the game has a much better chance i think <laughs> well you think we're all pervs is that what it is and and the high quality graphics will make it like uh you know exactly that's exactly what i think wxvga <laughs> pornography is that <laughs> <laughs> no not at all actually uh um for those who don't know leisure suit uh, larry uh they from from the uh from the retro news uh item on linux today uh, leisure suit larry is the super mario of uh, filthy sierra adventures games from the 80s and 90s and uh but uh for those of you who aren't familiar there was no full frontal nudity with leisure suit larry it was all uh, you know uh, sort of, uh, how shall I say, conjecture bit, and yeah. innuendo. And, and <laughs> 8-bit pornography where there was anything. It's basically a lot of tan pixels. <laughs> yeah, well, that's basically what they're uh, heading for again. Uh, they claim that there's uh, no full frontal nudity, no four-letter words, and no on-screen sex. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> 
but the uh, they've kept their comedic uh, priorities. Uh, of course, for those who don't know, Leisure Suit Larry was basically exactly what it was. Le- this guy in a leisure suit, little cartoon in a leisure suit, who would go and go around and, and try to pick up women and and do unspeakable uh, things to them. So uh, Larry is the story of a man on the make, and uh, the game drips with innuendo, flirts with perversity, and oozes sexuality from every pixelated pore. That's their, uh, <laughs> their tagline. So everybody's running out now. to, uh, And I think we've just traumatized poor Harrison there in the text box. But uh, yeah, they have expand, expanded puzzles, uh, expanded locations. Uh, let's see. Gorgeous all-new high-res 16 by 9 backgrounds. Uh, 3,000, 3,000, 3, 3, eh? 3,000 frames of hand-drawn animation. Uh, sophisticated lighting. How difficult is that in a cartoon? You light it the way you want. You just draw in the lighting. <laughs> Thousands of humorous responses allow players to enjoy exploring everything on screen. Uh, hilarious, hilarious branching dialogue boxes. Uh, Vegas-style musical score. I don't know if that's a selling feature. <laughs> Little Wayne Newton never hurt anybody. But uh, the, what's really cool is it's fully voiced by the actors who originated the roles, which is kind of neat. So uh, for PC, Mac iOS, Android, and now available on Linux. Wow, Android, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. For the perv on the go. <laughs> well, how much does that cost? <laughs> don't be doing that when you're driving your motorcycle, though. <laughs> no, I, I don't plan on it. <laughs> uh, so anyhow uh, yeah it's a, that was a blast from the past so i had to mention it i'm sure a lot of people if if you haven't played it you've at least heard about it all, all of us geeks who uh, who were around in the mid 80s so we're we gonna have like an in-depth review because we're all gonna go out and buy it right <laughs> you have to buy it it's available on linux therefore it's free are you well i mean just because it's available for linux well yeah i guess you know it doesn't have to be open source just because it runs on Linux. No, it doesn't. But I didn't run into any part of the article that said that they were going to charge for it either. So I, I guess I just assumed I should not do that. Well, I'll we'll have to check that. it out. Yeah, we'll we'll have our, uh, we'll definitely have our, you know, <laughs> in-depth review. Oh, in, in in depth. That's right, in depth. No, in, <laughs> no innuendo intended. No, no, <laughs> right. Not at all. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, yeah, Leisure Suit Larry. That's a, definitely a blast from the past. I, I still remember. Spending many an afternoon playing that game <laughs> when I was a young lad. Just a ute. <laughs> Just a ute. Yeah. No, a ute is what they call a sport utility vehicle in Australia. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. A ute. I guess those guys haven't seen my cousin Vinny. <laughs> I think I saw my cousin Vinny like ages ago, but couldn't tell you yeah, what that's... was yeah, what was in it. That's where that that's a Joe Pesci and he that's what he says. He calls him a ute. A ute. <laughs> when I was a ute. The youth of America, <laughs> the youth of Canada. <laughs> uh, all right. Enough about Leisure Suit Larry and youths. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even planning on spending that much time on it. I was going to move on. Should have known better. Yeah, uh, you should have put your little, should have put the little time indicator on it. We would have spent less time with it. All right. So you found something called AV Linux, which I don't know. seems like maybe in the depths of my mind, we might have touched on that back around episode like six or something, but I don't remember a single thing about it. So what have you found out about it? I, I, I only found out, I only found out about it today. So found out? You found, found out? I found out. Found, <laughs> found out, out, out today. <laughs> about it today. 
Um, it's been released for quite some time. It's a Debian-based uh, Linux distribution. Its origins are uh, here in Canada, although I could not find uh, which province exactly. It's an i386 uh, architecture, and it comes with uh, LXD and OpenBox desktops. Uh, and it is, uh, let's see, it's a 2.9 gig download, uh, downloaded for me in 21 minutes. I'm also holding the DVD in my hands, the ISO, but I have not had a chance to uh, actually play with it yet. The reason that I was interested is because I professionally am a multimedia technician and I've been working in multimedia and audiovisual pretty much all my life. So I, I was intrigued, but I I seen a couple of screenshots. It looks kind of nifty, but I haven't played with it yet. I've read a little bit about it and I'm intrigued uh, to see what it can do. Um, but I, I have yet to, uh, to try it, but I wanted to mention it, um, just, uh, because it's, uh, let's see, it's got 140 hits uh, per day, according to, uh, according to the, uh, AV Linux people, I guess. So it's, uh, somewhat popular, uh, I'm guessing. I'm not sure what other distributions, I'm, I'm sure Mint gets like, you know, thousands, but this is a very little known based, uh, distribution. You, you weren't familiar with this one at all, were you? Not from reading about it in the little blurb you have here i i want to say i might have heard about it in the past and i think we may even have talked about it because i was i talked about some uh audio video type linux distributions in the past like um like ubuntu studio and stuff like that and i'm not sure av linux was one of the ones that came up they claim that they uh, from version 5 to 6 they've switched from the uh 2.x kernel to the 3.x linux kernel for better hardware support uh, let's see what else did I that I highlight here. Includes a fairly basic installation functions. Yada yada yeah, that's fine. Gives you enough control to partition. Blah blah blah. A lot of other distributions do that too. One of the things that make it great is a live distro. Is the many extra drivers and a lot of proprietary audio and video hardware uh, that are uh, included. Uh, sound card, graphics card, uh, MIDI controllers, uh, much more. Uh, let's see. They've also uh, loaded tons of uh, pre-installed uh, video and audio editing software. So I'm sure the latest version of the GIMP is on there. Uh, and they use uh, LXDE. And they claim that they use LXDE uh, to make, uh, let's see, what did they claim? The use of LXDE and its uh, policies on screensavers mean it can eke every bit of power from your system to make sure latency and rendering are the best possible. It does not use a lot of non-free software to achieve this. They claim, the people doing the review, uh, Linux uh, Today, say that it's pof possibly the perfect audio editing suite based on Linux, especially for one that's already out of the box, so to speak. So uh, I've downloaded it. It's in my hands, uh, and I'm going to try it out and see if it impresses me or not. I doubt it will, but you never know. I can just see you sitting in front of a computer, putting your DVD in and going, okay, impress me. <laughs> Pretty much. And then I'll go, it does the same as all the other versions I've tried. So what's so special about this one? So no, I, I actually want to put this one in and, and play with uh, some of the video and audio editing software. One of the problems we have... Uh, 
professionally at work is that we have it's it, because we work in technology it's hard to keep up with the latest and greatest but yet that's what your customer demands but technology is expensive so i'm always looking for ways to make our older machines uh, be a little bit more uh, you know performance oriented so i've finally managed to sell our bosses on setting up a few of our older machines uh, on linux machines we're not using of course that way they don't have to worry about me wrecking them because they they have no idea what linux is at work, of course, all Microsoft people, and you know that they're not programmers. Our bosses are, are just administrators, so they have very little technical uh, skills. If it were, I hope they're not listening. If you are, I love you guys. <laughs> but that being said, it's not their job. You know, it's the tech's job to be techy, and it's the administrator's job to be administrative. -y. And uh, so we uh, finally have sold them on the fact, or I have, uh, because I've been playing with it for a few years. I figured, well, I could probably install, you know, a distribution on here that would work for what we need to do. So I'm, I'm actually going to try this out and see if I can uh, uh, get some of our older machines, like this T43 here. This one of the reasons that it's here is because I'm trying different, uh, different packages, not packages, but distributions on it, to see if I can make it a little speedier. Because one of the reasons this is one of my work machines. One of the reasons we took it off uh, the, the floor is because people were complaining about how, how slow it was, even for silly things like, you know, PowerPoint with, with a few images on them, not even a full multimedia support. So if I can resurrect a few machines, I'll uh, earn some brownie points and make my life easier in the process. Sounds like a win-win and uh, hopefully you won't <laughs> like lose your job or anything. <laughs> no, 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 because like I said, they're letting me play with the machines that they're going to kill off anyway. So I, I have nothing to lose. I, I can't destroy them anymore. Well, I can, but I mean, they won't care because they're not using them. They're just, this T43 is easily, easily, uh, let's see, you know, 11 or 12 years old. So No, I meant for calling them tech noobs. Yeah, well, they are. <laughs> it. Here, can I hand you a spade? Would you like to dig that <laughs> hole a little bit deeper? <laughs> oh, no, but I get paid for what I do, and they get paid for what I do. I, I have no idea what they do for their jobs. I, I, and I don't want to. I don't want to do their jobs. They, they do what they like, and I do what I like, and everybody's happy. Sounds good. All right. Well, since they've started shooting off fireworks here, we should probably move things along. Huh? They're two days off. They're earlier fireworks. Well, we get, we get about a 20-day window on either side of the fourth here to actually legally make noise so they've started Excellent. early okay so are these official fireworks or just a bunch of a bunch of rednecks in the field <laughs> behind your house shooting yeah. roman candles at your window uh the latter okay. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they're having fun yes they must be having fun it's okay to do that as long as you wave a flag that's exactly right so um, what's this deal with firefox does this mean that uh we no longer have to have an ice weasel um, no, my notes. What have I done? I'm losing it. All right. We'll be editing that part. <laughs> uh, yeah. Firefox, Firefox's new logo. The, the tagline was Mozilla, Mozilla's new Firefox logo is a lot like the old Firefox logo. And that's really what attracted my attention. It's like the first thing is like, well, why bother? And one of the reasons that that tagline attracted my attention is because years ago I worked in Alberta in Banff, a place called the Banff Center, an internationally renowned art school. And uh, the Banff Center changed its logo. They spent thousands of dollars changing their logo. They unveiled this logo, and it basically looked the same as the new logo. So everybody was laughing, and why did they spend all that money developing a logo that was the same? And then, you know, the people who are the designers, oh, no, but it's it's fuchsia instead of 
purple. You know, it's like they're trying to kind of sell their point. So when I saw this, I kind of said the same thing. And basically, the Mozilla people admit it. It is a lot like the uh, old one. Um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to optimize their logo so that it looks crisper and cleaner on smaller and lower resolution screens. And at first I was thinking, well, why the hell do you want to do that? But they're, you know, targeting um, portable devices, which have smaller screens. So um, I'm thinking bigger is better. You know, usually you want uh, to improve your graphics, but uh, wasn't thinking about the portable device. And this is probably because my cell phone is about as old as this T43 next to me. So these things don't come to me intuitively, I guess. But uh, there's six things that they've uh, basically changed. And uh, mostly it has to do with uh, sort of the, the, the shine on, on the graphics, uh, very subtle changes that are, uh, if I can just get to the right page in my notes I actually here. found a, 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 an image on Engadget that shows sort of the evolution of the Mozilla logo. and Yeah, could, yeah, that's what I was looking at, exactly. Yeah, and it's while they are very similar, you can actually see the differences. They're not so similar that you can't tell what they changed. And, no, no, but yeah, I, I had to look at them side by side because if you look at one and then, you know, if, let's say you were looking at them in a book and, and they were on different pages, I would have had trouble. Like seeing them side by side it makes it a little bit more obvious, but it, they're, not, they're not super obvious. Well, one thing, there's a couple of things that I noticed. The first is that they are putting less detail into the globe part and more detail into the, the fox part. Um, they have significantly reduced the amount of gloss and um they're making the the fox tail more color more colorized and more uh variance in the color whereas the globe part is uh almost just a blue sphere at this point i mean when when you see it larger you can see some detail but uh on a smaller screen you're just going to see blue <laughs> so I think they're just moving the emphasis to the the fox of the Firefox uh, as opposed to the the globe that it surrounds. Yeah, yeah, they they claim that they're trying to remove details that weren't critical in the overall image, and especially if their goal is to make things smaller. So, um, like you say, putting more emphasis on the colors in the tail, which is you know what attracts your your eye. Uh, probably the first thing because of, of the you know kind of orange and yellowish uh, hues in there. It's it's the first thing that you kind of see. So uh, one that made me laugh that, 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 that I thought was funny is the the arm of the fox now extends from the shoulder instead of layering behind his chest. And yeah, you can see that, um, but you know I, I don't know <laughs> they they just made such a big deal out of it. It's like yeah, look at that, it's awesome. It's like yeah. But um, I don't know. I guess if you have a mobile device, you'll be able to enjoy a cleaner, crisper Mozilla Firefox logo. I was hoping they would just change the licensing of the image so we wouldn't have to have a whole separate distribution of a web browser just because of their stupid logo. But it doesn't yeah. look like they've uh, doesn't look like they're quite that enlightened yet. Eh, all in good time. All in good time. <laughs> all right. Well, we got to do some more music, and then we're going to give away a Beaglebone Black. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. All right. Well, excited. Let, Am I going to win? Uh, you are not going to win. There's a 100% chance that you will not win. <laughs> <laughs> There's also honest. a 100% chance that I will not win. <laughs> well, see, at least you've, you've gotten to hold it. I won't even see it. That's right. Harrison, however, does have a chance to win. He is in the drawing. So I noticed that. So anyway, 
let me go ahead and play some more of your music. This one's a song that I brought up a couple episodes ago, and I was wondering about the beginning of it because it's a little um, interesting. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the song is pretty good. Uh, this one's called Little Sister by a band called The Very Unknown Friends of Jane Doe. Another German band. You seem to like the, you seem to favor the Germans when it comes to music. Yeah, not really. This, um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, German theme tonight, but uh, I, I found these guys quite by accident a, a little while ago, and, and I thought it was a, a very interesting tune. Although, like Russ said, the beginning is, is, does not fit the rest of the song, so uh, I, don't, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I don't either, but uh, hold on to your hats because we're going to play it right now, and then we'll, uh, we'll give away some hardware. Little sister. quick yeah done over fini forgotten about that <laughs> well good it means it's over and we can get to giving away stuff hooray okay so you're wondering uh 
there is the uh, very interesting uh, apologies to people listening on the on the podcast, but in the uh, chat room, there's a very interesting conversation going on about uh, amplifiers and uh, tubes, which is kind of neat. So if you think we're uh, not ham centric enough, well, I'll just have a look at the. Uh, sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> Right in the middle of your talking. That's a new one. Yeah, I I don't know. I'll just let you carry on. (laughs) All right. So we do have some social media stuff to talk about later on and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But we had a contest. It's been going for about a month now. And that contest was to give away a Beagle Bone Black. This contest was open to all subscribers of the show, paid subscribers, that is. So uh, if you are a paid subscriber or were a paid subscriber as of midnight uh, today, uh, you know, several hours ago, uh, you were automatically entered to win the Beagle Bone Black. And if you did not want to pay money to, to enter, all you had to do was give us a call and tell us why you deserved a Beagle Bone Black. Well, I was actually going to call and, uh, make like some stupid little funny old voice, you know, hello, this is Mrs. Old Lady and see if you're going to fall for it. But I didn't have time. <laughs> next contest. Yeah. Next contest. We did get five audio entries, and I'm going to go ahead and play those now. Ah, cool. And I'm going to do my best to cut out the bits where they give phone numbers and all that stuff so that, you know, of course, it'll be cut out in the uh, in the released version, but I just want to make sure I give as little information away to uh, the people who are listening live. So um, we had five here, so I'm going to go ahead and play those. Let's see the first one. Let me make sure I can actually do these correctly here. Uh, the first one should be by Jonathan Neto, and he's... Uh, you sure that's not Jonathan Nadeau? He might be a paisan. Uh, no, he's not. He's actually been on he's the show before. All right. Uh, we've, oh, we love you, Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan Nadeau? <laughs> it's a French name, Jonathan Nadeau. Yes, it is. I know. Uh, he prefers to not pronounce it that way. <laughs> as, as you will soon hear. <laughs> So anyway, Jonathan Neto is our first caller on the contest, and let's hope this actually plays where people can hear it. So here's Jonathan. Hey, Linux in the Ham Shack. I was calling about the Beagle Board Black Contest, and I deserve the Beagle Board Black Contest. Oh, by the way, this is Jonathan Neto. Uh, I'm the executive director of the Accessible Computing Foundation, and I deserve the Beagle Bone Black because I myself am blind, and have done some homework on this and noticed there's a very good chance I can make this accessible to blind people and people with other disabilities. So I would like to get my hand on this fantastic product and see what I can do with it and bring accessible accessible computing to people with this uh, inexpensive uh, device. So thank you for the great show, and we will talk to you soon. Excellent. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, and the only problem with this contest I I now see is that (laughs) since there is no basis on winning for merit of your entry, (laughs) uh, all of that effort was wasted because it's just a random number. (laughs) But uh, I I was hoping more of the contest entries would be sort of comical rather than serious because it makes me feel bad that he may not win, even though he has a real reason to have one of these things. So, uh, but such is life. Indeed. So the second one we got is from Corey Klumper. And let me go ahead and cue that bad boy up. Corey Klumper. (laughs) Don't try and francophone everything. (laughs) Because I I don't think Klumper is Canadian. I'm guessing it's probably German or 
some some dissent like that but anyway here's this one and i think i'm gonna have to cut parts of this one out so bear with me this is Corey klumper kd0 qea address is good on qrz and email address is cory.clumper and i deserve a beagle bone black because badger that's why yeah see now that's what we're looking for <laughs> there you go and we have a winner <laughs> yeah in that case it's good that you can't win based on merit because <laughs> yeah. that probably that's would fun. not have been the winner <laughs> oh fireworks going points, on. points for funny though yes it was very good uh i don't know if that was my favorite one or not but it was a good one so uh the next one fireworks going off behind you yes they are seriously i thought you were like tapping the table or something oh no 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 these are the these are the smaller ones i the microphone didn't seem to pick up on some of the lower frequency ones but like are you outside in the field watching the fireworks while you're recording <laughs> uh no i'm just sitting <laughs> so next clear i'm uh, sitting next to an open window Okay. So, um, you got a show. Excellent. Yeah. And actually, this will, it'll kind of add to the, uh, 4th of July feel of this episode, I guess. (laughs) And we could say that the fireworks are for the winners of the Beagle Bone (laughs) Block. And, uh, Ted in the chat room says, Badger, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll probably have to badger the damn it part. So we have Badger, Badger. There you go. (laughs) All right. The next one is from, who is the next one from? From Soren Strasberg, uh, no, Soren Strarup, I'm guessing, uh, I believe he is, uh, Belgian of descent, uh, now living in, uh, the U.S., and here is his entry. I deserve a bigger ball flag because I have an SDR kit and a Kilo Ford, and the call sign here is Alpha Kilo 4, Whiskey Quebec, fine. All right. Uh, Soren's a long way from home, he's from Tennessee. Yeah, well, now, apparently. <laughs> Not from. He lives in Tennessee. He lives in Tennessee, so he's that's right. From home, so. I guess he's technically from there now. Yeah, I guess. Okay, uh, fourth one from Stephen Goldberg. So, get this one queued up. We'll hit it. Good evening. This is Stephen, W3SFG, Whiskey 3 Sierra Foxtrot Golf. My email address is W3SFG. And I deserve a Beagle Bone Black because as a child, I would often ask my parents to buy me a small, battery-powered, Linux-based computing platform to use for experimentation and mischief, only to be lashed in with metaphoric stories of children leaping lemon-like from the local bridge, or of the poor children in distant lands living in the squalor of a DOS-based operating system. If I'm given a beagle bone black, I will have $45 to allocate for such noble causes as the purchase of electronic components on eBay that will better prepare me to respond to life-threatening emergencies and the strenuous needs of HF contesting. Please help me. Very <laughs> good. Yeah. So... So you're going to survive the apocalypse with $45, if I understand correctly, Stephen. <laughs> Good luck. If he can figure out how to make that work, he needs to get in contact with me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. All right. I don't even have $45. I'm, I'm done for. <laughs> so the last one is from Jason Miles, which we'll play next. And that will be the last of the voice entries. So here we go. Hi, this is Jason Miles. Um, I'm calling about the Beagle Bone Black contest. Just to answer your question, I deserve Beagle Bone Black because I like to tinker. Um, I like beers like the Raspberry Pi. I want to try this one out. Your podcast, I like it. So I'd like to win the contest. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, then. So are you getting the dropouts? Yes, okay. I'm uh, not getting anybody's phone number or email address. Well, I'm You're not doing nece- good. Yeah, not necessarily caring if you get them. I just didn't want to divulge them, you know to everybody now very professional good on you 
So one last thing is that we got a subscription from John, the nice guy Spriggs, who uh, has sent us email in the past and is a longtime listener of the show. But unfortunately, uh, John, based on the, the rules outlined before, your subscription came a few hours too late. Ah, rust the nut, nice guy. Yes, I know. I apologize, <laughs> John, but you will be entered in any future raffles that we do here. I did say midnight on July second, and his his was several hours late, unfortunately. So, John, apologies, but you cannot win the Beaglebone Black this time around. Uh, but we would definitely like to thank you for being a subscriber to the show and look forward to, you know, entry in whatever future things we decide to do. Here's how this is going to work. There are 26 entries. I have a little PHP script that has been generating random numbers from 1 to 26 since the show started. It's been spitting out random numbers at me the whole time. What we're going to do is I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to hit a drum roll. Uh, actually, I'm probably going to hit the drum roll and then close my eyes. <laughs> when the drum roll stops, then I'm going to stop the random number generator from generating numbers, and the very last number that it spits out is going to be the number. I'm going to count down the list of the 26 people I've got here, and that's the person who's going to win it. Drum roll, please. After an hour and a half <laughs> of generating random numbers, the number it quit on was number one. So number one on our list is Jonathan Nato. Jonathan Nado, right. Yep, he is number one on the list. Excellent. Now you don't have to feel bad. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it all works out. I know. There's some kind of weird karma going on there. <laughs> Very cool. Well, he, he deserves it, and uh, I think his reason was more than valid, So, and I think no one will uh, argue that Jonathan deserves uh, this awesome, awesome prize. So good on you, Jonathan. I think that's very cool. Yeah, I think that's very cool, too. And as a matter of fact, um, I'm going to try and take a screenshot of this just so no one can say I was lying. <laughs> Or you could just take a picture of yourself holding up your finger. <laughs> Not the middle one. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I've got a screenshot there. But anyway, yeah, the, it was, uh, let's see, here's the last few numbers. It was 16, 17, 13, 9, 12, 26, 14, 13, 7, 22, 8, and then 1. And that was the way it ended. So uh, congratulations to Jonathan Nato for winning the Beagle Bone Black, and uh, we'll be in touch, Jonathan, on how to get that over to you, although um, your presence on the intertubes is uh, fairly widespread, so it shouldn't be that difficult. Sorry to everybody who didn't win this time around, but we will be having a- another contest at some point. We'll be giving some other cool thing away, I'm sure, and uh, stay tuned for that. So, uh, toying with the idea of uh, drawing a date with me, drawing a date with you, (laughs) yeah, you could win a date with Pete. Don't you have a wife? Yeah, it's not that kind of date. Oh, okay, I see. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just cut that out. That just went nowhere. I apologize. (laughs) I apologize right right now. All right, let's uh, let's do the social media roundup and let's get the hell out of here because I've got places to go and uh, 150 miles to drive. So places to go, people to see. That's right. So I'm going to leave this to you. Tell us, tell us who uh, is following us nowadays. Who are our stalkers for this week? 
Yeah, well, actually, we have quite a few, which is very exciting. Uh, we have a new follower on Twitter. Uh, please correct me if these people are not new, but they're just re-subscribers uh, or if they've changed their, uh, yeah, you know, identifier in any way but uh, uh nf17 november of foxtrot seven tango uh, jake g uh following us on uh on twitter now uh, he is from idaho and his uh, tagline uh, says that he's got 109 countries worked he's a contester emergency communications uh, dx chasing teaches ham radio classes good on you jake that's awesome uh P-O-D-X-S-0-7-0. I have no idea what that is. Uh, Feldheld, uh, EPC, geocaching, and ATV riding, which goes well with geocaching, I'm sure. So uh, welcome, Jake. We're glad to have you aboard, and uh, we're glad to have you following us. Do you know Jake? No, I do not know Jake. NF7T, that's a new call sign for me. But uh, thanks, Jake, for, for following us and for being a listener of the show. Yeah, very good. All coming out of the woodwork now. Um, we have uh, James George, who uh, sent us a like uh, on uh, Facebook, Linux in the Hamsack. So uh, shout out to James. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, Paul Schwann, which is actually a friend of mine who lives in Florida and for FTD, has added us on uh, Google+. Plus. So uh, hello, Paul. Uh, glad to have you aboard. A uh, member of the South Coast uh, Amateur Radio Service, South Cars, and uh, uh, one of the uh, audio, uh, one of the staff from the audio editing department at South Cars. So me and Paul did a lot of the editing for uh, the original uh, Waveguides episodes. So uh, uh, good on you, Paul, and uh, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, under subscribers and uh, donators, we have uh, Walter uh, J, WN7LIF, Whiskey November, sorry, let me start that over. Whiskey November 3, Lima and the uh, Foxtrot, uh, WN3 and not WN7, uh, from Pennsylvania, who's uh, uh, given us a yearly subscription and a new uh, website registration. So uh, welcome aboard, Walter. Glad to have you. And uh, as we heard before, uh, John, the nice guy, Spriggs, is also a registra new registration on the website. What was he? He must have been uh, registered before, or was he a listener? Because I know I, I hear the name kind of on every podcast out there. Yeah, but, he uh, was uh, a listener, but not a paid subscriber. He's apparently uh, just did that uh, today. Oh, very good. Well, welcome, John, and I uh, hope to... Uh, Say hi to you uh, personally one day because I hear your name all over the place. So I'd love to uh, chat it up, see if you're really a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, no uh, email feedback, uh, no posts on Google Plus this week. It was uh, quiet on uh, that front. So uh, that wraps it up for me, unless you have uh, something to add, Russ. No, as a matter of fact, I don't. Um, I, I do believe we have some feedback, but unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get to it this episode. We will get to it next time around. Uh, on the big one, 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 but, uh, <laughs> yeah, human beings like to put stock in numbers and stuff like that, even though they have no significance whatsoever. Well, there's something to be said in photography. There's a concept called repetition of form. And when you take certain forms and you repeat them in the image, it becomes, you know, aesthetically pleasing. So one, one, one could fall into that category. That's true. It does seem to be very aesthetically pleasing. Well, there you go. We're going to be aesthetically pleasing, too. I'll get dressed up for this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe we'll make it a video cast then. Yeah, we could. Well, maybe we should figure out the audio portion first and work on the video later. It'd be interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, perhaps. The video casts, I, I find, have personally for me, have no merit because just if I'm going to listen to something, I'm interested in the content. 
but watching the talking head deliver the content to me doesn't add any interest. So unless we start to juggle or something, I'm not sure what entertainment value we'll actually be able to uh, distribute. We started off the show as a video cast and it didn't last all that long. Um, yeah, I, I actually watched, actually, I do remember that. And uh, I did watch on occasion. So, uh, well, I guess we're going to put everybody out of their misery for the, for this week and let everybody, uh, settle into whatever plans I've got going on for, uh, either a late Canada day or an early 4th of July. And, uh, I guess I should probably just like start the outro music and, uh, let you start leading us out. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, we'd like to thank all of our uh, listeners, all of our uh, monthly and yearly subscribers, of course, uh, all you new guys out there. Thanks for listening uh, live, uh, Quasi Live. Check out our website. It has all kinds of interesting info, http dot, dot slash slash lhspodcast.info uh, you could reach us at info at lhspodcast.info I'll send an email to both of us and you can leave us a voicemail please do we love voicemail we don't get a lot I'd like to see more 1909 LHS show 1909-547-7469 please subscribe to the mailing list you can get a link on the website of course go to Cafe Press and print fiction buy some of our show merchandise each purchase uh, helps out the show a little bit uh, you guys can contribute that way uh, you can contribute by telling people about the show of course and uh, you can listen live every other tuesday 8 p.m central recording schedules on the website so with that my name is pete victor equitu x-ray papalima i am in the country of putsin and Soup in montreal quebec and I'd like to say 7-3 to everyone, and we'll catch you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, take it away, Russ. All right. This is Russ, K5TUX, uh, the other guy who does a recording thing every couple of weeks with Pete, that guy up in Canada. Uh, he's already given you all the information, but if you want to email me directly, you can do it at K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. All the other information has uh, been proudly distributed by VE2XPL. Um, you know, I'm out there on the social media networks, Identica, which is now status.net or pump.io or whatever it is, Twitter, uh, Google plus, blah, blah, blah. Just look for J.R. Woodman or K5TUX. You'll find me out there somewhere. And, uh, we want to thank everybody for participating in our contest and congratulations once again to Jonathan Nato for winning the Beagle Bone Black and... Hopefully, we'll uh, catch you all again in a couple of weeks for episode number 111. Uh, we'll talk to you all then. I'm trying to get on out of here because them hell sheep have got out again. I got to go round them up.